Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotchis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hey, Stephanie, can you believe that the average mass-produced bottle of wine can contain up to 16 grams of added sugar? I know, that's crazy. That's more than a glazed donut. Oof, she kind of grosses me out. But anyway, we're so excited because we finally found clean crafted wine that we enjoy, that tastes good, and we don't feel like crap the next day. I am loving these Scout and Cellar wines. We tried several of the different types and all of them taste good, like Marnie said. And we love the fact that there's no added sugar. They're free of chemicals and pesticides. They're grown with organic grapes and sustainable farming practices. And they have very low sulfites, which are one of the things that can often cause the headaches the next day. And, you know, it's summertime, it's patio season. It's so nice to just get outside. If you enjoy having a glass of wine, um, we are super excited to be part of Scout and Cellar. And we do have our online shop. So you just head on over to www.scoutandcellar.com. That's S-C-O-U-T-A-N-D-C-E-L-L-A-R.com slash the art of living well. You can have clean crafted wine delivered to your door. Hello and welcome to episode number 40 of the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so excited to bring you today's guest, Emily Maxson of Emily's Fresh Kitchen. Emily is a recipe developer, trained chef, and a certified health coach who loves to eat, cook, and think about food. She creates simple, healthy recipes that are adaptable to follow for different dietary theories if necessary. She believes that one of the greatest things we can do for our overall health is to cook our own meals, which many of us are doing more of right now, and we couldn't agree more. This can be intimidating for some, but Emily creates flavorful recipes with healthy ingredients that are simple to follow to encourage people to cook at home more. Emily is a trained chef and health coach who, in 1998, was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and had surgery to remove part of her intestines. Over the next 10 years, she struggled with digestive issues, abdominal pain, extreme fatigue, and just general malaise. She took pills, had intravenous therapy, had to give herself shots, and spent quite a bit of time in hospitals. Emily shares her personal health journey with Crohn's disease and how her curiosity, love of food, culinary background, and her faith helped her heal herself through the power of food. Her story is so inspiring for everyone, and especially those who have been frustrated by not being able to get to the root cause of their disease. She no longer takes medication or spends time in hospitals and is able to eat a normal diet again. And while she can tolerate most foods, she's still very conscious of what she eats, focusing on whole foods that promote healing and limiting harmful foods. In our 
conversation with Emily, she shares her tips for people who are looking to adopt a specific diet to address underlying health concerns and her success and approach that will motivate you to discover the power of food as medicine. We highly recommend that you follow Emily on Instagram for the most delicious, simple, and healthy recipes. I've made so many of them recently, including the most delicious and easy peach burrata salad and chicken bruschetta, which are perfect for your summer barbecues. She's also working on a cookbook right now and a few other projects, so you definitely want to connect with her. And with that, let's get started with our conversation with Emily Maxson. And before we get into today's conversation, we have one request. If you are enjoying these episodes, we would absolutely love for you to leave us a rating and review. You can just head on over to Apple Podcast. Doing this really helps improve the search capabilities and allows more people to find our podcast, which will allow us to grow and share this information with more people. And of course, if you enjoy an episode, we would love for you to share it with anyone you think may benefit from the information. Thanks so much. Welcome, Emily. We are so happy to have you on our show today. Um, We both met you independently at Modern Well, which is a women's co-working space that we all work out of. And we discovered that all three of us are also graduates of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And it's just been so fun to get to know you a little bit. I also discovered that I went to high school with your brother-in-law and my brother went to high school with your husband. (laughs) So it's such a small world. It really is. Yeah, so thank you for coming on the show today. And we'd love to get started by having you share with our listeners your background and a little bit about your personal health journey and how you ended up as a recipe developer and certified health coach. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I really enjoy both of you. And so this is great to sit down and chat with you a little bit about my story. Um, I always loved to eat growing up and loved to cook. Um, I had a neighbor when I was a young girl who would let, I would go visit her, this woman, and she would let me make recipes in her kitchen. She would help me mix things together and create um, different things. And I just loved cooking and my mom was a good cook. And when it came time to go to college, I thought about maybe going to culinary school, but I just pictured culinary school. If you went there, then you would be a chef and you'd work in a restaurant late nights and long hours. And I also thought I wanted to have a family at some point. So I didn't think that was a good fit for me. So I went to a four-year liberal arts college, and after two years there, um, I had been studying psychology thinking I wanted to be a therapist, and I realized that that wasn't the best fit for me, so I went to a career counselor, and everything on my skills and my interests all came up, culinary arts and all these things, and he said, you know, there's a lot more you can do than be a chef in a restaurant in the food world. And so I went to culinary school. And after culinary school, um, I went on and got a degree in food and beverage management. So I worked for a while um, in institutional food service and catering companies and stuff like that. That's so interesting. And I love that you were able to pivot in the middle of college versus 
you know, some people waiting and doing a first career for 10 or 15 years and then deciding that they want to do something completely different. Um, yeah. It was great. My mom was really encouraging with that and knew of this. She's like, let's, let's just get into it and see what you really want to do. So that was great. Oh, I love that. Um, so can you talk a little bit more and share with our audience your health, some of your health issues? I don't want to like steal your thunder here. Yeah. Um, and I know so, you had you know, surgery and hospital stays and all that. Yeah. So um, let's see. I was newly married. I was 27 or 28 years old. And I woke up one morning with severe abdominal pain and it just kept increasing throughout the morning. I tried to subdue it and go about my day and it just got too unbearable. And my husband was at work. So I uh, called my mom and she said, let's get you to the emergency room. So I went to the emergency room and they said, well, we think you have appendicitis. We did a they did an ultrasound and they said, we can't see your appendix, but this really seems like you have appendicitis. So we want to, we think we should do surgery and remove your appendix, do an appendectomy. So at that point, my husband was there and we just all agreed, okay, let's just do this. So I went in for surgery and after two hours, my mom and my husband, and I think my dad were in the waiting room. They were like, what's going on? This was supposed to be a quick procedure. And he said, well, we'll call in to the emergency room, into the operating room and, and find out. And they said, oh, they, we just got finished removing part of her small intestine. Now we're working on the large intestine. And my, my husband and my parents were like, what? Um, <clears throat> I thought it was an appendectomy. So it turns out this, what was supposed to be an appendectomy turned into a four-hour bowel resection because they discovered my intestines were diseased. So uh, they removed part of my small and large intestine, and then I was in the hospital for two weeks recovering from that surgery, and they, they said, well, we think you have Crohn's disease. We're waiting for the pathology report to come back, and the pathology report did reveal that I had Crohn's disease. And can you, so, can you quickly explain what that is? Because I'm not sure everybody knows what Crohn's disease is. Sure. Crohn's disease is a chronic inflammatory bowel disease. So it causes inflammation in your gastrointestinal tract. Um, and so like the symptoms of it are extreme abdominal pain, diarrhea, weight loss, anemia, fatigue. Um, people can have skin rashes. It, it can affect a lot of things. But so I didn't know anything about it. I had never heard of Crohn's disease back then. That was, you know, 30 some years ago. So we, um, and also there was no Wi-Fi. Internet was dial up. I didn't have a smartphone in the hospital. So, you know, we did some research afterwards and I um, followed up with my doctor at the Mayo Clinic and would go down there for appointments. But I started taking, they put me on medication right away. And so I was taking medication and it was managing it somewhat. But after a while, I had to move on to the next medication that was stronger. It's, um, I call it the pharmaceutical ladder. There is, you know, one works for a while and then 
it stops working and you have a lot of the terrible symptoms and then they put you on the next stronger one and you keep working your way up the ladder. And I spent about 10 years doing that um, to the point where I was going to the Mayo Clinic every seven weeks or eight weeks, getting infusions there. And that would make me really sick, but then it would for about six weeks keep me pretty healthy. And so I spent about 10 years doing controlling the disease somewhat with uh, drugs and hospital visits. That just sounds like, uh, well, certainly not a very pleasant experience. (laughs) Um, So were you just like fed up? I I mean, you went through these 10 years, your quality of life, I'm assuming, wasn't what you'd hoped for. And did you just get to this point where you were like, I can't do this anymore? And you started looking into alternatives or how how did you kind of pivot? Well, a a little bit. I mean, I, it would manage it for a while and I'd be feeling pretty good and think, you know, this is okay. And like, this is just the way, you know, the way it is. But I started researching different dietary theories and the, the doctors would tell me that it doesn't matter what I eat, which was so strange to me because it affects your um, gastrointestinal tract, you would think, obviously, whatever you put in your mouth goes, travels through there, you think it would affect it. So I researched a lot of dietary theories and tried different, different diets, different ways of eating um, healthy. And eventually, I came to a book called Breaking the Vicious Cycle and by Elaine Gottschall. And that book outlines um, the specific carbohydrate diet. Um, I had had some people tell me to do it, to to do this diet. It has success for people with Crohn's, colitis, diverticulitis, celiac, and other digestive diseases. But I love to cook and I love to eat. And I knew that the diet was very strict. And I just, I wasn't ready to give those things up. But it was one of those things where I kept hearing about it in different ways. And I felt like God was trying to tell me something like you really need to do this. So, um, and I had also just was concerned about all these heavy pharmaceuticals I was taking that have all these side effects. Like it increases your chances of getting this cancer and that cancer. And I thought, am I going to be on this stuff for the rest of my life? So I really, I decided to, to follow the diet and I like the diet because it's, um, it focuses on the molecular structure of food. I could, of carbohydrates specifically and how, um, what happens is my, so my intestines were damaged. So when you have damaged intestines, it's hard for your, for them to digest food, which causes malabsorption. And then that causes bacterial overgrowth. And then you have an increase in bad bacteria, mucus, other things that further damage your intestine and then make it difficult to absorb food. So it's a, it's a cycle, uh, the vicious cycle. So the thing, the diet was about restricting the types of carbohydrates that you ate. So you could just eat monosaccharides, which is the most simple form of a carbohydrate. It's just one little molecule instead of chains of two or more. So easy for your body to absorb. And that would be foods like uh, fresh 
fresh fruits and vegetables, meats and fish, uh, nuts and seeds. Let's see, what else? Oh, I could have. Those are things that you can eat. Those were the things I could eat. Okay. So interesting. And and then um, homemade yogurt was a cornerstone of it because you couldn't have lactose or you couldn't have um, sucrose or any starches. So no grains, no sugars other than honey and fruit, um, nothing processed, nothing pre-made. So following the diet would require a lot of time in the kitchen, which I enjoyed, but I was used to working with ingredients that I wasn't allowed to have on the diet. So it stretched me creatively, which was, which was awesome. Um, turned out to be a great thing because I learned a lot more about foods I wouldn't have normally learned about. Um, but Emily, can you share, um, before we kind of go further, you talk about the foods that you could eat. And for someone, even if you don't have Crohn's, but maybe you have some other digestive type issues, can you explain what some of the foods that you needed to avoid and the complex, you know, the processed carbohydrates, what they can do to anyone, not just, you know, necessarily someone that has an autoimmune condition. Right. I, I mean, I had to avoid all grains and starches. Um, so I couldn't have, you know, obviously wheat, corn, rice, any of those things, any potatoes, uh, sweet potatoes. And those aren't necessarily bad foods for everyone. Some people are sensitive. I think we're all created differently as we've talked about and learned in, um, in the program that we did at Institute of um, Integrative Nutrition. But um, sugar, processed foods, things, um, you know, fake chemicals, things like that, which are very damaging to our intestinal tract if you have a, he- a diet heavy in those things. Um, so it was avoiding things that were good to be avoiding anyway, a lot of them. But the theory was you needed to do this diet for one to two years, and then your intestines would heal. And hopefully you'd be able to tolerate regular foods again, or foods that weren't allowed, you could start to add to your diet. So I did it for three months to make sure that I would be able to have the self-discipline and the ability to cook all that food because I had, I was raising two young girls at the time. So I was pretty busy and just wanted to make sure I could do it. And after three months, I was like, yeah, I, I can do this and I'm feeling good. So then I went down and saw my doctor at Mayo and said, I want to go off my meds. I'm doing this diet. And he was he, he was actually pretty cool about it. He said, you know, where you and your insurance company pay me a lot of money to tell you what I know. And that is that if you go off your medication, you have like a, I think it was 90% chance of relapsing. And if you go off your medication for a period of time, and then you need to go back on it, there's a 75% chance that it will not work. And I was at the top of that pharmaceutical ladder. So it was a big leap of faith for me, but I really believed in it. I really felt like God was directing me in this way, in this direction to do this. So I went off my meds, continued with the diet. I did it strictly for a year and a half. And then, and I, and I felt great. And I have been able to introduce other foods back into my diet. And that was 
12, let's see, I think I've been off the diet for 11 years and I have not been on any meds. I have not been in the hospital. I last February, I was down at Mayo and had a colonoscopy and I was all clean. They didn't see any disease. So it's amazing. Just amazing. Amazing what the power of food and personalizing the food for your body can have. And I'm just curious when you went to your last appointment, like what were the, your doctors or what over the last 11 <laughs> years, what have your doctor's reactions been? Are they like, wow, Emily, you're, you know, this great science experiment for us or? Actually, yeah. I mean, when I went back, I think I was feeling, you know, I was feeling good doing it. I think after I initially went off my medication, I went back maybe, oh, I don't, I don't remember exactly, maybe six months later. And they just said, wow, we thought you would be back within a couple months. This is fantastic. Or maybe it was at my one-year appointment after, I should say, because they said, we thought you would be back. And now we have something that we can tell our patients who are looking for alternatives or things to supplemental to do. And so we can say we have a patient who has had success with the specific carbohydrate diet. And they had heard about the diet. My doctor knew of the diet. He said, unfortunately, they don't do trials on diets because there's Mm -hmm. no money in it. So um, I think he thought that there was a grant coming for that, which was, which was pretty cool. But um, yeah, so hopefully they could tell other people that could do it too. Well, and that's a challenge. I was just going to say, it's nice that your doctor's open to that was, you know, open and willing because a lot of, I think, doctors are not. I agree. I was kind of scared to tell him because we had been on this uh, journey together for 10 years, you know, with surgeries and um, hospitalizations and different medications. And yeah, so, but he was, he was great. I give him a lot of credit for that. Well, and the other thing, it's hard. And you're, you're going to tell someone you have to go on this very restrictive diet, especially for people who aren't comfortable and very proficient in the kitchen, as you are, to just eliminate these foods for 18 months or two years. That's the hard part. Um, so what advice would you have for someone that needs to go on any sort of restrictive diet? Maybe not necessarily this one, but you know, eliminating foods and even things that you used, um, like mindset tools, if you will, to help you go through this process and your journey and maybe even how that then has helped you guide you a little bit into becoming a recipe developer and a health coach. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Well, to be honest, I went into it with a lot of prayer because I needed um, support to have the self-discipline to do it. And I just, fortunately, there were a lot of resources online for different suggestions, and there were a couple cookbooks out there. Um, And so, you know, like you said, I did have the background in culinary arts, so it was a little bit easier for me to understand what was allowed and what wasn't and how to manipulate those ingredients to make something different. But I, I just think, ask questions, look for resources, and then just just try to take it one day at a time, one meal at a time, and not get so overwhelmed with the long term, like, how am I going to do this for a year or two years? It's so overwhelming. But just take it one day at a time. And that's kind of what I did with the three-month trial period. I was like, if I can do this for three months, then I'll commit to it. If I can't, I can't. And so I would, I would suggest that. And 
actually today there are so many great products on the market that are grain-free, that are refined sugar-free, bottled sauces and dressings that that you could have on this diet now that were not available when I was doing it. So I was making things from scratch and those types of things. But, and I would say, keep it simple and just keep it simple. Take it one day at a time and then just gradually add a few other things and it will come, it will build. And, you know, so you were really successful over the couple of years, you kind of reversed, if you will, your disease, right? Um, What does your diet look like now, today? Today, Has it changed at all? Yeah, it has changed. I mean, for the most part, I stick pretty clean to those guidelines, but I will still go out for pizza with my family. And I still, I will have grains sometimes, not gluten. Occasionally I'll have gluten, but not very often. Um, It's, I just don't ever want to go back. It's nice that I have food freedom now and I try to embrace that and enjoy Mm it. But I pull myself, you know, I can, I, I just try to keep it in check and try to have that 80, 20 balance, if you will. And do you, and have you kind of figured out your threshold? Like you can go out for pizza with your family and not feel any effects, but maybe if you did it three nights in a row, you would feel sick or whatever. Like, do you kind of know your body? Well, and I actually could do it three nights in a row because I, you know, now I am pretty healthy. And when I travel, especially if I go to cities that are known for food, like New York or in Italy or whatever, I mean, Mm -hmm. I will eat the stuff there. And then when I come home, I just kind of reset myself. And that's kind of where I came up with my cleanses, just Mm -hmm. doing the three day raw detox where um, just drinking smoothies and eating raw crackers and things like that, just to eliminate all that stuff and kind of get myself back on track. Which I think I shared with you in previous conversations. I, you know, you're, I thought they were called juice cleanses, but you corrected me that they're just cleanses. Yours was like the first one I ever did in my whole life multiple years ago. And um, I did it a number of times with a friend of mine. So I thought yeah, it was- Yeah, another, another one of those small world connections. Yeah, yeah, I had research because I couldn't have certain things when I was on the diet. I got into- the raw food world, because it was like, well, I want a cracker. Well, I can't have any crackers. And so I learned how to make crackers in my dehydrator out of seeds and nuts and, and they were delicious. almond flour. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Really good. I remember I would like nibble on it to savor it. <laughs> I think I have to try some of these crackers. Uh, um, I'll bring you some. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, I love following all the recipes that you post on Instagram. Um, And I can also attest to when you go travel, you always post pictures of this delicious food. You're clearly (laughs) living life and you have food freedom um, as you document from all your travels with your family. But, you know, I love as a recipe developer, you're able to create these dishes that can easily be adopted for different dietary um, preferences and lifestyles. You you clearly understand the concept of bio-individuality, which all of us learned in IAN, you kind of touched on that earlier, just every one of us is unique. And so what we need, you know, our food for the food that can be medicine for me, maybe poison for you, right? But your recipes are simple, yet so flavorful, lots of fresh flavors and whole foods that 
someone wouldn't necessarily even think, oh, that's healthy or that's gluten-free. So how do you incorporate your nutritional science background and then it, with the foods that you know are helpful to maintain, you know, healthy gut and microbiome and, you know, can potentially fight disease as you've done for yourself? How do you do all that in increasing your recipes? Well, I, you know, I, I think of when I create recipes of things that I would like to eat or things that I've enjoyed eating that are not the best for me, and then how to adapt that and what I could make, how I could make substitutions. And that's kind of been fun for me to create and, and come up with those substitutions and find out sometimes that I like the the other version, the new version better uh, than the old version and certainly feel better when I eat it. And just with my own dietary restrictions that I had to go through, also having other people in my family, my husband's family that have had to follow different restrictive diets for health reasons at different times in their lives. I've been, I do a lot of cooking for the family. So when we're all together, so I would create meals that could be adapted to their different dietary restrictions, whatever that may be. And I think it's important. I, I think eating together, sharing a meal together is an important thing. It's a big part of our culture. And just to have everyone be able to enjoy the same meal together and not have it so separate was kind of my goal. So mm -hmm. I, I like to make, I, my goal is just to share recipes that are healthy and nutritious that everybody can enjoy and that people can make. I think we need to get back into our kitchens. It's so important to be cooking our own food. And now is a great time to be doing that. Everyone during, you know, stay at home and this Corona pandemic is doing more, but your recipes are not only delicious and fresh, but also nourishing, which I love. Oh, you're so, sweet. Thank you. They're, they're, and they're beautiful to look at too on your Instagram. Everyone needs to go check out your Instagram, Emily's Fresh Kitchen. But um, as the temps are getting warmer now and everybody's, everybody is home and people are starting to fire up the grill, what is your, one of your favorite summer recipes um, to, to throw on the grill or it doesn't have to be on the grill, but What's one of I love favorite? grilling. I love grilling. So I and do it all the time in the summer. Uh, the avocado burgers are a big, a big one that our family really loves. And that's just um, ground beef with avocado and green chilies and garlic and stuff mixed into the patty. Uh, that's a good one. Also, the grilled Asian chicken thighs are a popular one for groups. I find that in, if I'm cooking for a large group, like my daughter's soccer team or something like that. It it's great to make a double or triple batch of those and cook it up and serve on the grill and serve it with a salad. And it's a nice change from brats and burgers, but um, yeah, so those would be two things I really like to grill. I love grilling vegetables. Um, I had my husband make the um, grilled Asian chicken thighs the other night. I just screenshot it or I sent him on Instagram the recipe, and they were delicious. We devoured them. Everyone devoured them. They were gone. <laughs> and I, oh, I you. know you're, you're going to be creating or you're in the process of working on a cookbook. And I, I can't wait till that comes out because, I mean, of course, it's easy enough to go to Instagram and search for the recipes, but I can't wait to actually just buy the book and have them all in one place. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Was it a long time dream? of yours? How's the process going? 
Yeah, it, thank you. It's been, it has been a longtime dream of mine to publish a cookbook. So I've been working on creating my recipes, actually writing them down because I do a lot of cooking just freehand and, and don't write down the ingredients. And so just doing a blog and posting my recipes there and having an Instagram account has been really good for me to get organized with it. And then, of course, working with Baylin from Baylou Photography, she's amazing, as you guys know her from Modern Well. Also, she's, it's been great to do these photo shoots with her where I make the food and she takes the pictures and it just helps me acquire all of this as I'm uh, slowly accumulating all my recipes and photos of them. And now I'm working on um, writing my book proposal, putting that all together and some other things along with it to work on my book proposal. So I'm getting close to that. And that's been a really fun experience and it takes time and I've been working at it and it's great. So I'm, I hope it, I hope it works out. I'm excited. Oh, I know it will. It'll be great. Um, so we talked a little bit about how one of the best, you know, I guess pieces of advice you can give to people is just get in the kitchen and start cooking. Mm -hmm. Can you leave our listeners with a few practical tips that they can implement when it comes not to just cooking, but making meals that will help you know, nourish the body, boost your immune system, fight disease, kind of using food as medicine, especially for those that aren't as comfortable in the kitchen? Right. Um, sure. I think don't overcomplicate it. You can keep it simple. And I know that old saying about shop the perimeter of your grocery store, mm -hmm. um, hit the produce section, get stuff that was grown or born. I mean, it, that it was not as minimally processed as possible, just using fresh ingredients, like just even, you know, a nice piece of fish or some chicken or whatever kind of meat you like. And, and then a fresh salad. It doesn't have to be complicated. And just with a few simple seasonings, you can make a really good, simple meal. And yeah, I guess I would just suggest that. What would be your top, like if you could only have three seasonings with you, you know, to make all your meals <laughs> for the week, what would they be? Um, is garlic one? I definitely chopped garlic. I have, I have, I, I chop up garlic once in my mini food prep and add olive oil to it and keep it in the fridge. Cause I add a lot of garlic. Um, that's a great idea by the way. Yeah. It's so easy. It's been great. I, I love doing that. Cause I just want a scoop of it and it's easy to do in your mini food processor or a big one if you want. But How long will that last in your fridge? Um, I wouldn't keep it in there longer than a week. I mean, probably five days. They, you keep it covered in olive oil though, so that it, you know, can't get exposed and get bacteria. But um, I think I have a little thing on that on maybe my Instagram or my website, but okay, I can post it again. Um, garlic for sure. I love cumin. Um, I use that a lot. Uh, let me think. That's an interesting one because I, I do love cumin too, but I rarely cook with it. It's in a lot of my recipes. I start yeah. to, oh my gosh, am I, am I doing this too much? <laughs> Um, citrus for sure. You need like some acid, you need lemons or limes. Mm -hmm. um, I like white pepper. Um, it's a little bit milder than, well, it has a little kick, but it, it 
especially if you're doing something that you don't want to show the color of the black pepper. But yeah, I don't know. I always like, yeah. So your Instagram feed, like we talked about, is absolutely beautiful. It looks delicious when you're looking at it. And many of the recipes are pretty simple. How can people find you? What, what, where, where's the blog? Where's the Instagram feed? Yeah, thank you. My blog is emilysfreshkitchen.com. And that's the same for my Instagram, emilysfreshkitchen. Yeah. Awesome. And then one final question that we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? I know this is such a good question that you ask everybody. And I, I can think of a lot of different things. Um, I think when I think of people that I think live well, I think they're people who love themselves and love other people. And I think the reason they're able to do that is because they have a understanding in their soul that God loves them. So then they know that, that they are valued and worthy. And then that makes them able to love other people. And I think those types of people live life um, with gratitude and they have grace for other people. And when you live like that, I think it's a natural um, other things fall into place, like nourishing your body through good food and exercise and taking care of yourself because you know that you're valuable and that you value other people too. So yeah, that's what I think of. And that's what I strive for. That's beautiful. That's such great, great insight. Um, well, thank you so much, Emily, for coming on our, the Art of Living Well podcast today. We will so link up everything in our show notes. It was so nice to have you. I, I have heard about your famous chocolate chip cookie recipe and I still haven't made it yet, but I'm hoping to put my kids on that sometime soon. <laughs> okay, Emily, I have to share my daughter, those Almond Joy bars, I think that's what you call them. Yes. We've now made them four times. <laughs> I eat them now every single night. This is confessions of a, you know, sweet tooth-aholic here. They're so good, but they're not you know, there, there's oats and almond butter and almonds, and you can almost eat them for breakfast, you know, and we use really good high dark chocolate chips in them. But she just makes them on her own. She's like, Mom, can I make them? And I'm, of course, we, we say yes. Well, maybe we should I'll try that instead of the cookies. And they're barred. <laughs> so they're just, you know, they're easy to make. But yeah. I think she makes them and then she, I end up eating all of them. But anyway, it's all good. <laughs> How nice to have your daughter cooking. That's wonderful. It is. It is. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, have a wonderful day. Yes. We hope to see you. Thank soon. you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this, you guys. Talk to you later. Bye, Emily. <laughs> Bye-bye. We are so excited that we created these fabulous new products for our listeners to support our podcast. Yeah. We have two new recipe books and one is curated for families. So there's lots of family friendly recipes that both kids and adults will love. I've made these recipes for my family and everyone enjoys them. And then we have a second recipe book for those that want plant-based foods. And maybe you're already eating vegan, or maybe you're just trying to incorporate more vegetables and plants into your diet. They both have shopping lists and they're 
made with ingredients that you can find at almost any grocery store. You don't need to go to like a specialty store to find these ingredients. And we also created a Minneapolis Healthy Restaurant Guide and we're really excited about it. We want to support our local restaurants and um, it's really meant for you to find little gems in town that maybe you didn't know about. It gives you a chance to eat healthy out in a restaurant. Um, the food is delicious at these places. They're sourcing local sustainable foods and we're just really excited to support our local healthy restaurant community. And then the last product that we created is our favorite Art of Living Well podcast water bottle. It's 24 ounces. You may have heard us talk about this on stories um, because it serves both hot and cold beverages. There's a straw, you can use it or use it without the straw and it's perfect for on the go at home, wherever, and it'll help keep you hydrated. So we'd love for you to try our products and support our podcast. As our listeners, you can head on over to our website, which is www.theartoflivingwell.us slash products and order yours today. Maybe even give one as a gift. And also just to let you know, we priced all of these products um, pretty low so that everybody could enjoy them. $7 per guide, $20 for the water bottle, and we'd love your support. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.